time to. It's time to. It's time for the time of your life in Vegas at MGM Resorts. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking. Okay? Please. Okay. Ladies first. Ladies first. Hi, I'm Dominique DePrima, host of First Things First, weekday mornings. There are plenty of good reasons to listen to KVLA Talk 1580, but let me give you a dozen more. Let's get intimate. I'm Dr. Deshana Johnson. She's Krista. And she's Kiara. And, and this, this is Donna Michi versus everybody. I'm Nicole Franklin. Welcome to Before You Go. I'm Malina Abdullah, and you're listening to Black Lives Matters. This is not a drill. Welcome back to Ariva Martin Out Loud. This is Legal Lens with Angela Red Upright. I'm Cynthia Brooks, and you're listening to Urban Wellness Now. It's the backstory with Michelle Duffy. Living in the Sweet Spot with Angelique Francis. I'm Tasha. Welcome back to KBLA's Lyric Lounge. Yo, yo, Lonnie Love and me, Angelique. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Since when have you heard this many brilliant black women hosting their own shows on talk radio? Never, never, never. Until now. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. We've been shut out, but we persist. And if you're not tuning in, you're missing out. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. 1580 I fully expect to recapture those three pounds and a little bit more as I devour the best in entrees and delicacies from some of the best hands in the business. Black people, you know how we get down. After eating so much food on Thursday, I expect to get so fat that I'll officially be on both sides of the family. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, real talk. I also expect to be so big that I'll have my own zip code when I return here to Los Angeles. <laughs> Get ready, y'all. Shoot, I've earned it. I deserve it, right? But all BS and jokes aside, whether or not someone has earned or deserved something that is coming to them is where I want us to segue into the topic of conversation today. Because an emotional timeline that took place just last week has once again pushed my ever-evolving ideology into a more progressive position. And I want to know if we African Americans are collectively moving into the same direction on a controversial belief that I currently find myself holding. That belief is regarding the death penalty. But before I dig into the topic, I want to preface this entire conversation by saying this is my opinion, not the KBLA frequencies, not my KBLA families, not Tavis Smiley's, mine alone. I fully understand that topics like this one are very polarizing within the black community, so I occasionally have to drop a disclaimer to let everyone know that I alone am the source material. With that being said, let's begin, shall we? Look, I don't believe that anyone keeps the same belief systems throughout their entire life. I believe that we all have malleable, social, cultural, political, ideological, and yes, even religious convictions that evolve or devolve based on our own personal experiences as we all try to navigate through this life. And as you already know, I am under perpetual spiritual construction. And I believe the more I learn, the better the individual I become. And I'm nowhere near immune to evolution. As a matter of fact, I'm always welcome to it. I'll give you a couple of examples. Check this out. Take gay marriage, for instance. You must understand that throughout my lifetime, your boy was a weekly attendee of two different denominations of the black church. One was a Kojic in my much younger years, and one was a missionary Baptist church at the onset of my adolescence and all the way up through this present day. And it's no secret that the black church hasn't exactly been welcoming to members of the LGBTQ population, y'all. Therefore, in much of my adult life, you might have heard me parroting the same old tired Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve references that homophobes out there tend to make when the topic is broached. But with a closer relationship with God and understanding that people are born gay, in my opinion, a befriending of many members of the gay community and a gentle push from Barack Obama when he was president. I now like to consider myself an unofficial advocate for the LGBTQ population because I fully understand that God is love. Period. And speaking of God, that's another controversial topic that I've evolved on in the last half of my lifetime here on Earth. Let me apologize to my mother in advance because if you've, you've all heard me say, Wilma Morrison is so religious she won't even dial the phone number if it's got three sixes in it. Like, real talk. But she raised me and my five siblings in a God-fearing household where Jesus is king. The Alpha and Omega. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But I'm a different man at this stage of my life. Yeah, I still try to read my Holy Bible every night. King James Version. And I still believe in the Trinity. And I still believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But I also believe that my Muslim, Jewish, Black Hebrew, Israelite, Buddhist, Hindu, and Rastafarian brothers and sisters are tapped into the same source that I and the rest of Christians are. 
I believe that God is the strong and powerful trunk of the tree and all religions are individual branches that have grown their own beautiful multicolor leaves, stems and flowers, with God being everyone's collective source of nourishment. That's why I would never believe that my faith is more important than the next person's because I believe that we will all eventually see each other in heaven regardless of whether you're rocking a yarmulke, a monk's robe, or a turban. So you see, those are two very important beliefs that I have evolved on over the last couple decades. And what happened last week is another that is forcing me to recalibrate what I've always believed and try to look at the issue more thoroughly. As most of you already know, last week, 41-year-old Julius Jones was mere hours away from being executed at Oklahoma State Penitentiary. He's on death row for the 1999 carjacking and fatal shooting of Edmund Insurance Executive Paul Howell. On the day the murder took place, Howell was in his parents' driveway in his 1997 Suburban after a back-to-school shopping trip with his daughters. Jurors gave Jones the death penalty way back in 2002. He was only 19 at the time of his arrest. Yes, his claims of innocence has attracted support from all celebrities and, and well-known athletes, and 6.5 million people even signed a petition in his support after ABC aired the documentary series, The Last Defense, about his innocence claim back in 2018. But with all that being said, those aren't the main reasons why Julius Jones should never have even smelled death row, but he shouldn't even be behind bars. Shout out to the Innocence Project who works tirelessly to, quote, exonerate the wrongly convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent further injustices, end quote. They're a multicultural group of angels that have freed 232 prisoners with evidence-based data that places the American judicial system on trial itself. If you want more information on the Innocence Project and or to make donations toward their blessed initiative, Log on to innocenceproject.org. They are righting the wrongs of the past, y'all. One king and queen at a time. And check this out. Did you know that 27 is the average age when someone is wrongly convicted? And 43 is the average age when they are exonerated. Did you know that 97 additional violent crimes were committed when an innocent person was imprisoned in the original attacker's place? Did you know that 63% of the wrongful convictions involved eyewitness misidentification? Did you know that 10% of the wrongly convicted were sentenced to death? And oh yeah, 58% of the wrongly convicted were black. Shocker, right? Julius Jones has eyewitnesses placing him at his parents' home at the time of the murder, miles away from the crime scene. Julius Jones's co-defendant admitted to being involved in the crime and is now free after testifying against Julius. He was heard bragging that he quote-unquote set Julius up. His co-defendant matches the only eyewitness description of the shooter based on the length of his hair. Newly discovered evidence shows that at least one juror harbored racial prejudice that influenced his vote to convict and sentence Julius to death. One juror reported telling the, juror, the judge about another juror who said that the trial was a waste of time and they quote, they should just hang the N-word out and shoot him behind the jail, end quote. And just last month, the Oklahoma Pardon and Paroles Board held a commutation hearing and, for the first time in its long history, recommended commuting Mr. Jones's death sentence to life with the possibility of parole. Why? Because of doubt, I believe. Yes, Julius Jones lives. 
but he was hours away from being executed for a, time, for a crime he didn't even commit. But how many other innocent people are on death row right now? How many other people had cheap and or crappy legal representation that led to them getting convicted for a crime that they didn't even commit? How many other kings and queens were convicted because of racism within the jury pool? And how many other people have already been executed and they never even committed the crime? There are far too many variables for me to continue to support a practice that is so volatile. Especially when we African Americans bear the brunt of the mistakes. So allow me to officially proclaim, today, right here, middays with Danny Morrison, I can no longer support the death penalty. I've struggled with it and prayed about it for years. But this is where my heart will likely reside for good. Yes, capital punishment is so interwoven into the American experience that it even predates the founding of this country. The first recording of an execution in North America took place in 1608 in Colonial, Virginia. Yes, capital punishment may be outdated considering it's older than America the Beautiful herself. And currently, according to Vox.com, a slim majority of Americans, 55%, support the death penalty right now. But its political support from com comes from the group that is least likely to be sentenced to death. Yeah, 63% of whites support the death penalty as opposed to 36% of us. And 40% of Hispanics. In conclusion, just because something has always been, just because we have grown accustomed to something, just because our forefathers, ancestors, and predecessors somehow saw common sense in an inhumane practice, doesn't mean that it always has to be. Let's not forget that slavery was legal. Apartheid was legal. The Holocaust was legal. Colonialism was legal. Legality of a is a matter of power and not justice, yo. Because there's only two things that are perpetually guaranteed as we all navigate through this life. God's love and God's forgiveness. Regardless of the God you serve. But that's just me. So what do you think, L.A.? Huh? Where do you stand on the death penalty, huh? Are you for it? Or are you against it? And what is your reason, regardless of which side of the argument you happen to land on? Also, aren't there two sides to this entire argument? Yes, it's easy to be against the death penalty when it's not our loved one. But would you feel the same if someone shot and killed your family or friend? Is this another case where we only care when it affects us personally? And lastly, what should happen with Julius Jones? Is life in prison okay? Shouldn't he be freed entirely? And if he's set free, what will that say to the family of the deceased who still have no idea who committed the crime if Julius didn't do it? What about them? Should we care about the other side? And would this entire argument be different if Julius Jones was white and the victim was black? Wouldn't it also be different if both sides were African-American? It's Keep It Real Time. Holla at your boy. Your voice is the change. Your voice is the community. Your voice is on 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. You can also stream us via the brand new KBLA streaming app on your app store, iOS or Android. It don't matter, y'all. And that same app allows you to send me your questions and comments that I will answer live at different intervals throughout the broadcast. Plus, like, share, and follow your favorite radio station live on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KBLA1580. And feel free to follow me at Danny Mo Show on those same platforms, too. Plus... 
Me and my midday partner in crime, Miles, will take your comments via the ecosystem of this social network. Check this out. When we come forward, I will add another seven series to add to the topic of conversation today. We'll try to get to it. We got a guest today. We will try. No, I can no longer support the death penalty, but it's not just an opinion. I have additional facts that enhance my stance. Yes, the Julius Jones case has pushed me across the line. But there's additional data that you need to know that just might sway your opinion as well. I'm willing to bet my seven series today is seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. I'm not trying to change your mind and drag you over to my side of things. I just want you to make sure that you are equipped with every piece of information you need to come to your own conclusion. And I'll give it to you today in detail. Add to the conversation with your phone calls when we come forward. Welcome to Middays with Danny Morrison on Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's ride. Middays with Danny Morrison continues when we come forward. Welcome back. We are rooting for everybody black. KBLA Talk 1580. We are black in a spot. Another episode of Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. New week, new focus. New perspectives, too. Make no mistake. We're uh, discussing my change of heart regarding capital punishment here in the United States and how I'm now a staunch opponent of the death penalty. I've been weighing this subject for a while now. It's not brand new. Been struggling with it for years. But watching the the just the debacle associated with Julius Jones, the mishandling of that entire situation kind of solidified my decision. Real talk. But I do want to say that I would never question the authenticity of someone that is working to adhere to their own respective belief system. When people say, nah, you know, do the crime, do the time, and eye for an eye. It's in the Bible. I go, I respect that. I do. But the same people that say that, you have to respect those people that don't agree with you. Some are for the death penalty. Some are against. Some are indifferent. I know that I know people that would sign off on the death penalty for child molesters and rapists. They would do it today. I mean, executing those people. I also know people that don't believe that there should ever be a, a, a group that is part of the prison industrial complex that is not only inhumane, but it's also for profit. Profiting from our pain. I'm talking we kings and queens out there. And filling its walls with people of color to fatten its own pockets. Black people providing the fuel. People getting rich off of us. In other words, we all may not agree on this topic. And perhaps we never should. I I like to appreciate the fact that uh, I not only have the most intelligent audience in talk radio, in talk radio history. Yeah, I said it. But also one, I don't want a monolith on this show. I don't. I want us all to listen, talk amongst each other, maybe come to a conclusion, maybe uh, even uh, come to a head at some point to where we all can agree. But... I love the fact that we can also agree to disagree with one another. So all I ask of us today is that we work to share dialogue on a very serious conversation in hopes of pushing the narrative forward. Cool? Miles, I got a question for you, man. Off topic here real quick. So this weekend, you know, I had to go out of town. I come back here. And you know what I wanted? I wanted some Chinese food, man. Like real talk. Not soul food created by the Chinese. I mean, (laughs) some Chinese food. Is there any Chinese food place in Inglewood? Uh, I'm pretty sure there is. Like, I wasn't there long enough to really sit up here and try to give you one. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there is. 
Somebody call and let LA. me know. Give me it's LA. It's gotta be, right? I want a good Chinese food place in Inglewood. You know a Chinese food place, Lisa? In Inglewood? I need a good Chinese food place. Got some good shrimp fried rice. I want some, I want some chow mein, you know, maybe some chicken chow mein, you know. I need it. Especially having nine again. Back in my hometown, I had like Chinese food once a week. Haven't had any in Los Angeles. I'd love some. Somebody hit me. <laughs> Black owned and operated KBLA Talk 1580. Talking Chinese food. Because we're all about everybody, man. That's how we do. We got to get some house cleaning in because we got a we got a guest coming in. Let's get some house cleaning in real quick. It's a uh, it's another small business Monday today. I like to bring on some of the most talented kings and queens to discuss their business offerings to highlight what they are offering to enhance. The African-American community, from for-profit to non-profit, there's some tremendous individuals and groups out there that are changing black commerce every single day. I mean, black to the future, for real. And today I'm going to be joined by a non-profit organization called Bridge Builders Foundation, whose mission is to, quote, remove the barriers of race, poverty, ignorance, and despair through mentoring, educational support, health care awareness, and community uplift, end quote. And today... Going to be joined by the BBF president, James Breedlove, and former president, now board member, Wayne Moore. We're going to discuss the uh, successes of the BBF, the Bridge Builders Foundation, and what they seek to accomplish moving forward. We will also discuss how being a foundation run by black men can debunk the myth that black men don't care about their communities. That's what they try to say about us out there. We will also discuss Giving Tuesday, which I believe is a week from tomorrow. Telling you how you can help them change the lives of so many kings and queens right here in the Los Angeles area. That's the Bridge Builders Foundation inside the Danny Mo Show, 1 p.m. right here, KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about, and I cannot wait. That is right up my alley. That is happening today. Also, latest episodes of the Danny Mo Show podcast are officially live. Middays with Danny Morrison now streaming on demand through all socials and the KBLA Talk 1580 website via Futuri. Media, follow me on all socials right now at Danny Mo Show to see the daily streaming links posted for each episode of this broadcast in podcast form. And you can also access it, access it through the uh, KBLA app and also the KBLA website at uh, KBLA1580.com. You want to check them out yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Danny Mo Show podcast streaming on Facebook, also known as Meta, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, the KBLA app, the website, powered by Smiley Audio Media and by way of Futuri Media from KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to stream about, y'all. And also, it's week three for your chance to win tickets to see Eldbard Switch, DW3, and Friends at the Globe Theater. Uh, it's Sunday, December 19th. About a month from now, you can spend the holiday with the legendary Elder Barge, who was on the Soul Train Awards this past weekend, actually, and switch for this first ever reunion concert. It's a historical event taking place at the iconic Globe Theater in Los Angeles. The event is sold out, but we got tickets. They're considering adding more shows as we speak, but we got tickets. You'll have chances to win a pair of tickets to see Elder Barge switch to DW3 all the way up until showtime. If you want tickets to the show, this is what you need to do. Download the KBLA app. Access the open mic feature. Tell me that you want to go. Here's a different catch for this week, okay? I want you to tell me your favorite slow jam that El DeBarge has ever sang on. Okay? It could be a solo, group, or ensemble track. 
Doesn't matter. It could be love always. It could be time will reveal. It could be secret garden. Either one. And leave me your email address too, okay? And you just might be selected to that historic concert event with one of my favorite artists of all time, Elder Barge. RDMJ Entertainment presents Soulful Sundays Live with Elder Barge, Switch, DW3, and Friends. That's on Sunday, December 19th. Show starts at 5. You want more information? Head to ctickets.us or eventbrite.com. We got a lot to talk about. Party about two miles, telling you, man. Also, make sure you tap into the socials. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all day, every day. We like to use our socials as an extended tentacle of KBLA Talk 1580. Just more opportunities for us to engage with you. And by the way, get to our Instagram page right now. Posted a video of this young white girl that is berating this African-American queen, her teacher. Hits her and everything. And I want to know what type of restraint it took for that queen not to just do some damage in more ways than one. Go to our Instagram and see that video. I was like, yo, teachers are underappreciated and underpaid, man, and overworked, by the way. But stay on our socials. We post stuff like that all the time, socially conscious stuff and inspirational stuff, too. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From KBLA Talk 1580, we got a lot to talk about. And like I said, make sure you download that app. Use the open mic feature. Tell us what you like about this station, about this show about what we're doing here, about Tavis Smiley's uh, amazing creation known as KBLA. Let us know on the KBLA app and the podcast links are there too. Okay? Is that everything? News and traffic right now. See you on the other side. Midday with Danny Morris, KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. Making your middays meaningful. More of Danny Morrison straight ahead. We're listening around the clock. Around the clock. Around the clock. And your time to be heard is right now. Now. Right now. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Midday, it's Danny Morris, the KBLA Talk 1580. I love y'all so much. Like, every single time, 110% of the time, I bring something up and say that I need it now that I'm here in Los Angeles. I said I wanted a good Chinese food place in Inglewood, and people are reaching out. Let me see. Dietra Murray said, Ralph's Good Chinese Food. Walk on the Wild Side. I love that name, by the way. Walk on the Wild Side. La Brea and Centinella across the street from Ralph's. And uh, Cue the Flames did even better. <laughs> Check this out. Hey, Danny. We got um, Canton Kitchen over there on Inglewood and Manchester. And then over here in Carson, where I'm at, you got um, the Golden Pheasant. But check out the Canton Kitchen. I know when I lived in Inglewood, off of Walnut, not too far from there, they used to have some really good Chinese food. Orange chicken, chow fan, all that stuff, man. But, you know, they keep changing families, but they still all in the same family. Check them out. And if they don't do well for you, go to the Golden Pheasant. That's fire, right? That's my dude. Cue the flames, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Um, I'm going there today. I kid you not. We go to the gym. I'm going to go there. We'll see. And if it's terrible, you are banned from the show. You can never listen ever again. You know, I'm kind of a... Uh, I think I'm going to take this week off from eating, save up for a Thursday. <laughs> Some people do that, man. Yeah. They go, oh, I'm going to drink water and maybe just a little bit here, but I want to be skinny for my family. You ain't going to lose 75 pounds before Thursday. Right. Why well, you say that? I just want to be real hungry. <laughs> That's not good. You know your stomach shrinks when no, you don't eat. That's a joke. <laughs> real talk. You got to be careful, man. Yeah, no, don't starve yourself, ladies and gentlemen. My thing is, I'm going to tell you what the best part of thanksgiving is dessert 
No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet potato pie. Easily. Sweet potato. Who got the best sweet potato pie in Los Angeles? Ooh, that'd be a good one, huh? And my mama. Yo, mama don't live in Los Angeles, man. She got a better sweet potato pie than anybody in Los Angeles. I bet you can't touch my mama. I bet my mama better than your mama. My mama's sweet potato pie make you want to slap your mama. Real talk. Bet you got to put ice cream on your mama's stuff. Man. I do, put, but that's just by choice, though. You, don't got, you, don't got, you, you can't put nothing on top of my mama's because it's just perfect as is. Is it all from scratch? From scratch, yes. Okay. Thing is, though, I will say this, though. There are a shortage of pie crust out there these days. Is it because of the inflation of, uh, and all this? Uh, the uh, backup in the uh, grocery stores. Could your mom make it from scratch? I think my mama can. She can, but I don't know if she will. This Fraudulent. Your mama's fraudulent then. She's off the board. She listens, I know. Okay. I'm, I'm kidding, Quinn. When I come back from Vegas with potato pie, and everybody in here like, man, this is the sweet, best potato pie I've ever had. You Don't gonna, ask for a piece. You going to give me some? No, nah, because my mom's fraud. As you I just can't said. get a slice. Your boy? Your boy can't get a slice? Man, you, you talked about my mama, brother. I'm sorry. Queen, I'm sorry. I want. A, I will pay you. You bring me a sweet potato pie. I, I'm telling you. And I eat that. And I eat it straight from the tin. Like, you know how you don't even breathe? That's me. I was got to try that. That uh, I passed it on the way back into town. That soul food place everybody's telling me. Doolos? What's it called? Doolins? Do, yeah, I haven't been there. Doolins is fire. There was a line around the block. All about timing with Doolins. I'm like, well, y'all got to be kidding me. Is that the only soul food place in town? I don't know if I want to stand in. I don't even like going to theme parks because I don't want to stand in town. I'm going to stand in line for some food. That food better put lead in my pencil, if you know what I mean. If I'm going to stand in line for that long. That's all I'm saying. Here's a question, though. What I want to know. Yeah. When uh, Your mama calling, right? Is that your mama? <laughs> huh? Is that your mama calling? Yeah, you, you about to be in trouble. <laughs> Tell Danny he better watch but his look, lips. question yeah. I have is, yeah. what does your family eat on Christmas? Oh, that's a good question. Get into the holiday spirit. I know for my family, for a long time, it was like Thanksgiving part two. That's kind of it. Now, my mom, she hasn't done it in years, man. My mother used to cook chitlins all the time. She used to do, we ain't done it in a minute. Matter of fact, my mother ain't cooked a whole big Thanksgiving now. It, it's like a potluck deal for everybody. But back when we were younger? Well, it's always been a potluck thing for us. We always, okay, somebody does the, you know, my mom was good with the mac and cheese, sweet potato pies. You know what I mean? My, my auntie, she'll do the greens and the the turkey. Uh, but you can't, you can't leave everybody to their own vices because somebody going to come in there with some styrofoam cups and say, I got you. And they spent $4. I got one rule on Thanksgiving. You cannot take in more weight than you brought in. You bring in some styrofoam cups, you get a roll. Get out my face. That's all you're getting. So if you bring in something, you bring in a dish, casserole, you're doing all right. You have whatever you want. But you come up in there with some plastic, you know, plates and all that. That's all you get. You get a little, you get a little teaspoonful of something. Some, black eyed peas. Some black eyed peas, some gravy. That's all, that's all you get. So, by the way, black eyed peas are terrible. I'm so, I'm sorry on that. I know I sound stupid saying chitlins are great and black eyed peas are nasty, but <laughs> they just are. And that's my question. Though. What do you? What does your family do for Christmas? I, I think it's the same as you, but we would add in. You know how I don't know if you know Latinos always cook tamales during that time of year, like uh-huh. like Christmas and New Year's. You know, there's a lot of Latinos in Vegas, right? It's the same with black people when it comes to chitlins, man. I've never to. been to a Latino uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Though. What? Never. Never. No. Tamales are their thing. Chitlins are, were, <laughs> our thing. So it was kind of... No thing. It's, no, no, no. We're going to do a poll on our socials one day. We should do it like, man, we should do it on Wednesday, huh? Going into the weekend. 
What percentage of African-Americans still eat chitlins? I do. Who doesn't? Do they sell them at that soul food place? You could be a real soul food place, you ain't got chitlins? Huh? I'm... It'd be a stanking store, bro. <laughs> chitlins flying around everywhere, bro. I hope they don't. Y'all need to hang some air freshener up in here. So, uh, <laughs> plug it in, plug it in. Today, I don't know. But this year, you know, my mom's not cooking. My family's not even getting together. I don't think. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. And um, I don't know. It's three days till, man. You better figure it out. I'm going back to the hometown. You know, I got kids. I'm going to see my kids. But it's just as far as, like, my immediate family and everybody, my, my siblings, I don't know if we're coming together. Not going to happen, I don't think. But something may change in the next few. 1-800-920-1580. Uh, we're discussing the change of heart regarding capital punishment here in the United States and how I am now a staunch opponent of the death penalty. I've been weighing the subject for a while now, but the uh, mishandling of that Julius Jones case definitely solidified my decision. Where do you stand on the death penalty, huh? Are you for it or against it? And what's your reason, regardless of which side of the argument you land on? Also, aren't there two sides to this entire argument, huh? It's easy to be against the death penalty when it's not our loved one. And we African-Americans always do that. We speak out, we speak out, we speak out on how things should be and how we want them to be. But, you know, uh, when it happens to us, everything changes. Is this another case where we only care when it affects us personally? Huh? And lastly, what should happen with Julius Jones? He's going to be in life in prison for now. The only way that can be overturned is a new case. And with all the evidence that's out there now, if he gets a new case, probably going to be released. But it's tough to get a new case. Should he be freed entirely? And if he's set free, what will that say to the family of the deceased who still have no idea who committed the crime? That's why every single time an African-American is accused of killing someone, those in his circle, in his neighborhood, friends, family, co-workers, or whatever, are always quick to say he shouldn't be there or she shouldn't be there. We're quick to do that, forgetting there's always another side to the argument, y'all. There's always another family that lost someone. So it's easy for us to say that Julius Jones should be freed, and I, looking at all the research, also agree he should be. But there's still a family holding an empty bag. Would this entire argument be different if Julius Jones was white and the victim was black? I think y'all would change your tune. Wouldn't it also be different if both sides were African-American? I think you might change your tune on that one, too. Holla at your boy, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. But I got a 7 Series today. We need to get into it because I got a guest coming in at the top of the hour here. And uh, I want to make sure we get as much of this done as possible if we don't get it all done. Because I can no longer support the death penalty, but it's not just an opinion. Okay? I got additional facts that enhance my stance. The Julius Jones case has pushed me across the line. There's additional data that you need to know that might sway your opinion as well. I pulled some data for you last night. My seven series today is seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. Seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. I want you to hear them. Form your own conclusion. You may sway on the same side as me. I'm not trying to change your mind and drag you over to my side of things, though. I just want to make sure you're very much equipped with every piece of information you need. And I will give it to you in detail. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580.
1580 to 7 series on the other side. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Don't move. Be sure to follow and subscribe to all our socials at KBLA Talk 1580 on Facebook, Twitter, and IG. Stay in touch with us by downloading the all-new KBLA Talk 1580 app on your smartphone. Your smartphone. Here in the combo wherever you go. And keep it locked to the only talk station that gives you a voice. voice. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. KBLA Talk 1580, unapologetically progressive radio, black owned and operated from the heart of Lamert Park, USA. The heart of Lamert Park, USA. We're listening, and the convo continues right now. Middays with Danny Morris, the KBLA Talk 1580, talking about the death penalty today. And uh, where do you stand? Where do you land? Miles, I haven't asked you. Where do you stand? I don't rock with death penalty. You rock with it. I do not rock do with not. it. Okay. I think I'm uh, dragging over to your side at this point. Been struggling with it for a long time. Because I always said, you kill my family member? I probably would be an eye for an eye guy. But that hasn't happened. As it stands now, fully against it. Cannot deny I would struggle if it was one of mine. You know? Root for the death penalty if it was one of yours? Uh, I would probably be against I would be for it if it was one of mine. As of now, I'm against it. But it is true. When it hits you personally, it's different. I just want to think, if, if I f- truly got God in my life like I try to say that I do, and let's say somebody took the life of one of my kids, knock on wood, I hate to even put that into the atmosphere, but let's just say that it happened. I would think that God would try to keep my head right to where I would still want that person to get life without the ability of a parole or whatever. I think. That's where I am now. But I think it also depends on how that person's life was taken to. I think people change their opinions depending on how that person's life was taken. How old is that person whose life was taken? What were the circumstances surrounding their life being taken? So many variables, but I would say right now, as it stands, and I think it's permanent, I'm against it. But here's my seven series. You guys give your own opinions. You want to take it into your own hands kind of guy? I'm going to ask you that real quick. (sighs) If you, if you knew who it was, would you? You're going to put me on the spot, huh? I know I would be. I'm cool admitting it. I don't think there's an issue with you admitting that's where you are. I, I hate to put these things into the atmosphere because I told you, I, I believe that there's something to karma and credence I mean, and all it's, that. It's a mindset check. If someone harmed my child, I would probably morph into someone that you guys wouldn't recognize. Let's put it that way. It ain't even got to be take their life. If someone just harmed my child, I'm probably a different cat. And y'all going to see your boy on, on L.A. News. That's all I'm saying. So, like I said, right now, I would hope that God would, like, calm my, my head and make sure I have some semblance of normalcy in my brain when I'm going through something like that. But uh, right now, I'm against the death penalty. <laughs> but you're right. You... You, if you wouldn't do it, just, I'm going to put it to you like this. Let's say that someone did harm a loved one of mine, right? And I'm totally against harming anybody, especially us. I preach it on this broadcast all the time. I would never harm an African-American, male or female, regardless of the circumstances. I would do everything in my power. You come in my house, different circumstance. But I don't see myself harming an African-American. But even if someone harmed a loved one of mine, and I said, I'm still never going. Man, I know so many people around me. I know so many people that I grew up with <laughs> that would come to me on the low and go, D, 
We know who did it. Just give us the green light. Today. They would do it today. And I said, like I said, it ain't got to be, you know, a, a, a homicide. It could just be harm one of my loved ones. I grew up with some rough cats, man. Still friends with a bunch of them today. They would come to me and go, you tell you, your hands would be clean, D. Nah, I'd have to do it myself. I'm not that guy. You would do it yourself. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it myself, yeah. Wow. If it's that deep to me, it's going to be that deep to me. I can't ask nobody to do something else, throw their life away from me. That's just me personally. You wouldn't wouldn't be asking. They're they're volunteering. That's my point, though. I'm I'm not going with that. I'm totally with you. I just... Stay with me, Lord. <laughs> I would be prayed up. God, please. Just because the devil, that's that's when the devil be dancing, man. Situations like that, the devil be like, okay, I got him now. Oh, you a soldier for God, huh? Oh, yeah. Watch this. And the devil just be dancing. Mm, 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 mm. Ready. You got to stay strong. You do. Just like the devil be dancing here in Los Angeles with all these ladies in this city. Devil be dancing around you too, huh? Oh, devil dance! Why devil dancing? <laughs> was dancing down by the beach when I was there uh, yesterday, man. The devil twerking around you, I bet. Devil twerking on on the gram. Devil twerking on uh, in the DMs. In some booty shorts, <laughs> right now. All right. Gas station. <laughs> I so far yesterday, yeah. Uh, was- oh yeah, yeah. That's my neck of the woods. But yeah, um, yeah. I've uh, I've seen the devil a couple times too. And he does wear Prada. <laughs> Just want to say that it was definitely Prada on that on that devil. <laughs> There's no doubt. The back of that devil. <laughs> All right. One eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty. We will start the seven series on the other side. Midday's with Danny Morris and KBLA. Y'all stay there. Middays with Danny Morrison continues when we come forward. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. We're discussing the death penalty and where you land. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Seven series today. Seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. Here's number one. Prison population overload. Did you guys know that there are now more than 2 million people in prison in the United States? Yeah. Black men are 34% of the total male prison population, and we are only 14% of the overall population. White males, 29%. Hispanic males, 24%. We have more people in behind prison walls than any other country in the world. A little more than 2,500 people are on death row right now nationwide. And here's a shocking stat for you. A third of those on death row are in liberal California. Yeah, the so-called progressive state. Even though we have a moratorium right now on executions, California is quite hypocritical when it comes to the death penalty. And a lot of them cats are brothers. And that's the first fact that may give you pause about the death penalty. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. Check it out. Here's number two. Instability within the system. This stat blew my mind last night. For every 8.3 executions that are carried out, one death row prisoner is exonerated. 
Did you hear that? For every 8.3 executions that are carried out, one death row prisoner is exonerated. One out of every eight. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Could you imagine how many death row inmates have already been executed and were fully innocent? How many of those were African-American or just black? Huh? How many got a bad lawyer? Huh? How many had a racist jury? Huh? How many couldn't afford a lawyer? Huh? Or had to have some court-appointed one straight out of college? Huh? There are so many variables associated with the death penalty, and that's the reason I've been struggling with it for years. But this Julius Jones case has really just pushed me over the edge. Because we African-Americans are being hurt the worst more than any other racial group out there. And we, as a group of people, have to make the determination what side we're going to land on. But I got to tell you, got statistics I'll give you later after the interview. We don't rock with the death penalty as a whole either. For good reason. It's not just a me thing. It's a we thing. But there's also repercussions for us not rocking with the death penalty, which has to do with the judicial system. I'll break that down later on. 1-800-920-1580. one I tell you what, let's do news and traffic right now. And uh, at the top of the hour here, on the other side, I got the Bridge Builders Foundation coming in. These three cats that are coming up in here. I was just telling Miles. I've been here in L.A. since June. June. This could be the most impressive nonprofit I've come across since I got here. Y'all got to hear these cats and what they're doing. It is powerful, man. This is Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. News and traffic right now. See you on the other side, y'all. Keep it on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. It's time to. It's time to. It's time for the time of your life in Vegas at MGM Resorts. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking. Okay? Please. Okay. Dominique DePrima, host of First Things First, weekday mornings. There are plenty of good reasons to listen to KBLA Talk 1580, but let me give you a dozen more. Let's get intimate. I'm Dr. Deshana Johnson. She's Krista. And she's Kiara. And this is Donna Michi versus Everybody. I'm Nicole Franklin. Welcome to Before You Go. I'm Alina Abdullah, and you're listening to Black Lives Matters. This is not a drill. Welcome back to Ariva Martin Out Loud. This is Legal Lens with Angela Red Upright. I'm Cynthia Brooks, and you're listening to Urban Wellness Now. It's the backstory with Michelle Duffy. Living in the sweet spot with Angelique Francis. I'm Tasha. Welcome back to KBLA's Lyric Lounge. Yo, yo, Lonnie Love and me, Angelique. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Since when have you heard this many brilliant black women hosting their own shows on talk radio? Never. 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 Until now. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. We've been shut out, but we persist. And if you're not tuning in, you're missing out. You are no match for that black lady. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. Black women have a lot to talk about. Talk about. Just move on. 
toward your destination. Though you may find going back in the day on them, huh? That's what I'm talking about. Look at these heads nodding in here right now. Look at this, Bob. I love it. KBLA Talk 1580 Middays. Danny Morrison, I'm honored right now. Man, I gave you a little teaser going into the top of the hour there. Probably the most impressive nonprofit I've come across since I come here to Los Angeles. Kings and Queens today is another small business Monday where I like to bring on some of the most talented kings and queens to discuss their business offerings to highlight what they are offering to enhance the African-American community. From for-profit to non-profit, there are some tremendous individuals and groups out there that are changing black commerce every single day. Black to the future for real. Today we have a non-profit organization called Bridge Builders Foundation. And let me bring you all in the right way. Whose mission is to remove the barriers of race, poverty, ignorance, and despair through mentoring, educational support, healthcare awareness, and community uplift. They also focus on uplifting the underserved youth throughout Los Angeles area and, and to seek and achieve higher life aspirations. Their intention is to stem the tide of academic underachievement and career underrepresentation, which characterize minorities in our society. Their core programs focus on youth mentoring and tutoring, scholarships in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Education. With the support from an effective combination of volunteers, donors, and sponsorships, they are able to build, sustain, and grow these excellent programs that continue to change the lives of young students as well as address many socioeconomic disparities facing minorities in our community. I'm honored to bring on to the Danny Mo Show today, President James Breedlove, former president, now board member Wayne Moore, and board member Brian Butts from the groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge Builders Foundation. Welcome, Kings. How we doing? Great, great. great. Man, honored to have y'all in. I'll tell you what, let's go left to right here. Introduce yourselves and tell me what your why is. I like to ask everyone that comes in, give me your why. Why do you do what you do? Okay. Uh, Pull the mic to you, King. Come on. All right. We call it eating the mic in the radio biz. <laughs> well, great. After that, great. Thank you for that, that, that introduction, Danny. I'm James Breedlove. I'm the president of Bridge Builders Foundation. And for me, the why is because we have a tradition of doing just what we're doing. Mm. And someone did it for me, so it is my uh, moral imperative to do it for others and, and pay back. So it's just a, a great platform, and it's great to work with great individuals such as the individuals in here and our whole team to give back to the community. I appreciate you. God bless you, King. Appreciate you doing all that you do. Let's go number two. Introduce yourself and tell us your why. Okay, my name is Wayne Moore. And, Eat the uh, mic, please, sir. Eat the mic. Come yeah, on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is Wayne Moore. And I've been with the Bridge Builders Foundation for about 15 years. And the reason I'm doing all of this uh, with the Start to Finish Scholarship Program, that's my area of specialty and what I'm interested in the most, is because I see a lot of kids who remind me of myself mm. when I was 17 years old. Mm. You know, I'm 70 now. But I was also 17. I was a young black man trying to figure my way out and how to get out of my current situation and make myself better. And I just needed some additional encouragement. You know, my parents were both hardworking people and they gave me everything they could, mm -hmm. but they were not educated. And so there were some more things that I needed. And I see kids just like myself needing just a little bit more, mm -hmm. a push here, a push there, a word of encouragement, a little drop of knowledge that you can use. 
And so that's why I'm engaged in all these activities, because I got all this experience and knowledge and I want to share as much as I can. So the young kids I come in contact with can have a whole bunch of tools in their toolbox. They may never act on anything I tell them today. But five years from now, they said, yep. hey, yep. I remember that Mr. Moore told me to do this. That's right. This is what I'm going to do. Man, you just gave me chills on that. <laughs> Dad, God bless you, King. Pass that mic. I guess we got Brian Butts in the building, right? Yes, sir. Brian Butts. I've been associated with Bridge Builders now for about seven or eight years. Uh-huh. And my why is if they can see it, then they can be it. Whew. And kids need to see that there are different types of businesses out there, different types of things that they can aspire to. But if they don't see that in their own household, it's difficult for them to emulate what it takes to get there. And they don't understand the road necessary to get there. Mm -hmm. So we help them with that. We show them the road. And we actually have a motto that excellence is a minimum standard. Excellence is a minimum standard. Oh, my God. Have you guys patented that? You should. If you we should. We should. That's a nugget right there. It's <laughs> a minimum standard. So I don't have to tell you folks. That there's a stigma attached to African-American men in the community, right? They say that we don't care about our community. They say we'd rather tear our own communities down than build them up. What obstacles have you faced being black men and trying to build a beautiful nonprofit black foundation? I'll start with, let's go right to left this time. Start back with you, my man. Obstacles. I think you, you have a big obstacle in that a lot of companies that want to help us need to see history. And sometimes you don't have that history to be able to say, these are the things that we've accomplished over the last five, ten years. Yeah, I printed them out. We're going to get into that later in the interview. Okay, good. good really good. impressive. But that helps. That helps. And I think that's a big stigma is that if they don't see what you've done, it's difficult for them to associate sponsoring mm -hmm. with dollars, with time, because they want to see some history prior to doing that. I think that's a big barrier, but we've been able to do a good job of overcoming that. Yeah, you've done a fantastic job looking at these numbers. Let's go to you, my man. Come on, Mr. Wayne Moore. Give me an okay. obstacle you Obstacle, obstacles. Um, well, we all know what kind of system we live in. We know the system is not available to us to the same degree as it is to everybody else. You know, we can go and talk on and on and on about systemic racism, but that's the cards that were dealt, and those are the ones you have to play. And so we are trying to help our kids understand things like um, we're not in our position because there's something wrong with us. We're in this position because they are making it hard for us to get where we need to go. So we got to figure out all different strategies in order to be able to survive and take care of ourselves, thrive and live a quality life. And that could be any kind of life you want to live. And the way we're going to do that is to be the best we can be in whatever we have, which means understanding, knowing who we are, knowing what our strengths and weaknesses are, and then helping each other. And that is critical because any place you get, you got to do the same thing that everybody else does. That's right. Don't worry about well, who's looking at you and, and thinking about, well, I got to be uh, fair and honest and give everybody a break. No, you got to bring the other brothers along with you and take them wherever they are. I want to piggyback off of your question. I'm going to come to you, Breedlove, uh, Mr. Breedlove, uh, when we come forward here. But can you sell, with a nonprofit, can you sell a black narrative like you were just talking with a nonprofit organization? Well, 
When you talk to Mr. Breedlove, yeah. he will okay. tell you how to do that. Okay. that that's, that's a dance, that's I'm sure. What, that's what he's been doing. And I think the main thing is, I'll let him talk, is you got to be unapologetic for what you're trying to do. Okay. All right. When we come for, I got to hear that. Okay. I want to know how you pull that off because I, I know it's a tough dance. There's certain monies that you aren't, don't have access to. So on, uh, we'll find out when we come forward, okay? We are talking to the Bridge Builders Foundation, James Breedlove. We're talking Wayne Moore and Brian Butts inside the Danny Mo Show, KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Y'all stay there. We know you have options, options. but thank you. thank you for making the best choice. The only station in LA of the people, by the people, for the people. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. Stay tuned. We're riding with Danny Morrison until the wheels fall off. Middays with Danny Morrison continues right now. Right now. Ain't no wheels falling off. This car is going full steam ahead right now with these kings in the building. The Bridge Builders Foundation are in here. We're talking President James Breedlove, board member Wayne Moore, and board member Brian Butts. We're going to talk to Mr. Breedlove about how do you square being a nonprofit organization and also pushing a black narrative? Is that, first of all, is it legal? <laughs> and is it possible? How do you do it? Well, I think the biggest thing is we have to stay true to who we are. You know, we are very deliberate and very intentional in that we are going to serve and we are not going to pull back from serving the most severely impacted cohort of young people in America. Say it. Uh, statistics will justify that we are last in all things positive and first in all things negative, mm -hmm. and we refuse to reduce ourselves to legitimizing why we choose as black men to serve black uh, boys and girls. And, you know, well, oftentimes when I'm dealing with program officers, you know, they ask the buzz questions like, how do you recruit or how do you do this? And you know, I just cut to the chase and tell them, you know, even in a hospital, they do triage. That's right. So if I'm dealing with the most severely impacted group of young people, I'm going to be deliberate and intentional in providing the resources that they clearly are not otherwise getting. And that's what we do. We just we don't move off or pivot off of our point. We're going to be here to serve our young men and young women. And we are not wavering. And the other piece is we have to. Uh, move across that narrative. And, you know, there's a narrative that black men are uh, existing in absentia, that mm. we're just mailing it in, and mm. those of us that are accomplished have, uh, you know, went and got ours and are not doing what's necessary to give back to the community. So when we come in, we come in, you know, with a, a resounding message that not only are we here to help them, but we're here to make sure you help them. Woo! We are talking to the Bridge Builders Foundation. Y'all thought I was kidding, huh? You talking to the kings up in here. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Um, okay, let's talk about that. Let's expound on you having to also deal with the community. Let's keep it real up in here. Eh, a lot of the community won't get down with what you're trying to accomplish. Like when these kids get involved in STEM, when these young males, young black males try to get involved in STEAM education, what do they get? If he's great in math, he gets ridiculed by his own classmates, mm -hmm. sometimes his own family. Mm -hmm. How do you, with your foundation, teach him that it's okay to be you, but then he goes home and here's the exact opposite. Opposite. How do you fight back against that? Well, I think the biggest thing, we're of the community. Okay. You know, black males are probably the most hard to reach and hard to retain group of young people. Oh, there's no doubt. Because we're insulated. Yeah. You know, uh, the system has created such a dynamic that, you know, uh, we protect our young black males. But all of us are from these communities. You know, I'm not 
just a, a, a guy from anywhere. I grew up in these communities. I'm from these communities. I have a track record and a history in these communities. So mm. it's not unimaginable that parents will trust their young men with us. And when we engage the young men, we come in here and we code switch. We can talk very professional, but we can engage these young men at every any level that they want to engage. They can't pull a fast one on y'all. Exactly. Y'all been we, there. And we're, we, we genuinely care, and they know we care. They know mm. we, we're very passionate about their potential. Not where they are, but their potential. Mm. Mr. Wayne Moore, same question. How do you fight back against what the community mm. may try to pull what you're doing in a negative direction? How do you stay on point and still reach that young king? Well, when we're talking to the young people, we have to make sure that we're constantly encouraging them and telling them that they are capable and they have all of the tools that God gave everybody in order to be successful and to realize their own dreams and get to where they want to go. And we emphasize what I talked about earlier, which was um, we're not in the position we are because there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. And when you have to deal with the mainstream media and all the narratives around black people that says uh, that are negative and we buy into that, it undermines our ability to be ourselves. And so there are countless examples we can show them of African-American men and what they've done and how their achievements and accomplishments are suppressed on purpose so that we don't know about it. So we start believing the narrative of our own inferiority. Mm. And so the kind of encouragement, um, you know, first there is you know the mentoring program that Brother Breedlove runs. Um, you know, takes the younger kids and start trying to instill that self-confidence, their ability to socialize, to navigate through young, younger people, older people, adults dealing with their parents, relationships with other people. Um, all of that leads to them building up self-confidence in themselves that they know what to do. Then we can start teaching them and exposing them to other environments and showing them, like Brother Brooks, uh, Butts just said, um, the way that things are done, environments and information that they were never aware of. Good example is when I started uh, going to high schools during the career days. I made it a habit of going to high schools during career days and telling the kids that they look around the classroom and they see who their competition is. Mm. Not just their academic competition, but their competition for the girls. Yeah, who they're gonna marry? That's who's true. gonna be the, you know, mother of their kids? So there's competition all everywhere, and they can compete, and they're not only competing with the people in the classroom, but they have to compete with people around the world, because everybody's coming here from Senegal, from India, right. from China, from South Africa, from Canada, from Brazil, from Argentina. I can go on and on. That's your competition. America got the best educational institutions in the world. And they're free. Yep. So you got all these tools that you can take advantage of if you focus on them. And all of those tools are going to help you overcome all the things that are trying to hold you down and keep you down. But you got to have the self-confidence, the belief in yourself that you can do that. And you can take yourself to where you want to go. You are experiencing the Bridge Builders Foundation. We're talking to James Breedlove, uh, Wayne Moore, and Brian Butts. Same question to you, King, Mr. Butts, sir. How do you do it? Huh? How do you fight back even though the community may be trying to say otherwise? I think it's easy to show our success. When you have 
a cohort of kids that have gone to college and sometimes they're the first in their family to do so, Ooh. that's the ROI. Yes. So when you have these grant writers, or not the grant writers, but those giving us grants and those that are looking to partner with us financially, they want to see our resume. Our resume is a success of the kids that have gone through our programs. Mm. So to me, it's easy because when you have a successful history, it's easy to say, this is what we've done. We're simply trying to build upon that. Mm. You guys are really impressive. I mean, I knew you'd be impressive just looking at that website. As a matter of fact, let me pull the numbers I pulled from your website. Uh, it's called Our Work in Action. And I'd love for you to just speak on each bullet point when I toss it out. We'll go left to right again. All right. It says 887,000. That is the amount in scholarship awards with graduation rates that far exceed the national average. 69% in our Start to Finish Salute Scholars program graduated in four years when the national average for African-American males is 20%. Speak on that, Mr. B. Love. Well, I think it'd probably be appropriate, Wayne. That's Wayne's program. Let's go, Mr. So Wayne. You can go on and speak on that. Speak on, yeah. That is really <laughs> impressive. If you're telling me that 69% graduate... As it relates to twenty percent nationwide, absolutely, you're, you're you're breaking the mold, please. Yeah, all all that tells you is that there are a lot of uh, diamonds in the rough out there, mm -hmm. and they just need to be honed. And so we're looking for highly motivated, high achieving young African American men who only need a little bit of encouragement. I mean, the money's fine. And as a matter of fact, one of the kids told me a couple of years ago that um, the money was fine, but the thing I appreciated the most was that I knew that there was a group of African-American men behind me who wanted me to be successful and were willing to help me do that. Didn't want to disappoint That's you. That's right. And so that is a critical factor in uh, that kind of achievement is making sure that the kids understand that we want you to achieve and we're going to give you some information and some tools in order to be able to do that. As part of our program is once we identify the kids who are going to receive scholarships, we have a group of uh, PhDs, administrators, uh, department heads, and teachers themselves, professors in college, who will come to our workshops and explain to them things like, how you navigate the classroom. Yeah. Where do you sit? How do you take notes? Get the book two weeks before the class start. Go over the first two chapters. When the first class takes place, establish yourself in the classroom and with the professor as someone who's on the ball and who knows what's going on. That's going to make your whole ride for the rest of the semester easier. This is not me making this up. Man, those are nuggets you're tossing out right <laughs> yeah, now. These, that, these, these are the professors. They're not going to get that anywhere, you. especially in their families. No. They're not going to get that. And they talk to you about mental health, the adjustment between high school and college and making friends and taking advantage of all of the activities and the new and exciting possibil possibilities that are available to you in college, like the concerts, not just the concerts, but, you know, the, uh, the conferences. Uh, the speakers who come in from departments other than the department you may be studying in is going to give you information this you know critical information for survival and for your life that you're getting that other people aren't getting these are more tools to put in your toolbox so you have to know how to take advantage of all those things because i remember brother breedlove was saying when <laughs> his son was in hampton I'm paying your tuition. You better get every benefit that that's school exactly has. Right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So 
And that's, that's a critical point, too, because we, we emphasize for our young people not to just matriculate, but also to infiltrate. We want them mm. to get all of the rights and privileges that those institutions provide to everybody. And oftentimes we're so happy to be there because they beat us down and made us think they're doing us a favor or it's a benevolent act that they go in and don't demand the access to the internships or the access with the deans or getting to know all of the social capital that their white cohort would get. That's right. So we come in and we say, well, no, we know, you know, we're doing it. And as mentors, we advocate. It's not a problem to pick up the phone and say, you haven't done nothing. We sent you a good student. Mm -hmm. You know, your job is to bring forth in that good student the same resources that you would if he was, you know, not African-American. Right. Just say white. You know you won't say white. <laughs> <laughs> he just sitting here dancing. Don't you got to dance on the Danny Moe show, man. We don't dance. All right, we got to get into Giving Tuesday. Let me just uh, let me drop these stats before we get into it. Uh, 95,000. Over 95,000 total student exposure hours to date, including 100 hours of one-on-one mentoring given to 150 African-American and Latinx youth each year. 30,000. Over 30,000 hours of volunteerism dedicated to youth of color in underserved communities. That is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it. That is why Giving Tuesday is so important, which is next Tuesday, I believe, right? A week from tomorrow? Correct, the 30th. And now, I want people to give. As a matter of fact, how can they give? Who's in charge of that? How can they, real fast? That would be me. Y'all all all (laughs) should be talking about the money. Come on. Tell them how they can give. They they can go to our website, www.bridgebuildersla.org, or they can text uh, BBFLA to 24365. There's a lot of people that assume that you have to give $100, $1,000. Y'all will take $5, I'm sure, right? Correct, correct. And where would this money go if they gave? To be more specific, uh, tell it, them how. It could go specifically to uh, support scholarships. It can go to support field trips. It can go to support uh, books and supplies, other resources, mentoring, tutoring. Mm-hmm. We provide tutoring three days a week, so it, it math tutoring for our young people. Um, last Friday, we took a cohort, a uh, busload of kids to UCLA. Nice. And they got a field tour at UCLA, and then after they uh, enjoyed the theater at the Geffen Playhouse. Mm. So all of those things that come up, we have to have the resources to you know, provide them with those opportunities that are outside of school to expand their, their horizons. I love that you do that because uh, I'm shocked when I hear that there's kids that, have, that are in Los Angeles, born and raised in Los Angeles, haven't even been to the beach. Yeah, correct. That is amazing to me. No, it's not amazing. Um, my wife was a... Uh, College, community college council, the El Camino College, and she would come home and tell me those kind of things about the kids that she would be dealing with. And it, it was just unbelievable. So you knew right then that there was a problem in access and just understanding what was available. One more time, uh, how did I get in contact with you? Give me your website, socials. How did I? Either one. Okay. Uh, website. So bashful? How y'all gonna be bashful? <laughs> website <laughs> www.bridgebuildersla.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, text and uh, donation by text. Text BBFLA to twenty four three six five, and you can call Beep. me. They can call me too. Give your phone number. Come on. Five six two six one eight four three eight nine. But your wife at home, like, well, what's your wife? <laughs> did, did you just kill y'all? Number? God bless you, Kings. I appreciate y'all so much. We'll be in contact, I'm sure. Thank you, Absolutely. 
That is the Bridge Builders Foundation. Keep it here. We'll get back to the 7 Series on the death penalty. KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Stay there. Making your middays meaningful. More of Danny Morrison straight ahead. This ain't your grandfather's talk radio. The conversation with Danny Morrison continues right right now. Man, that Bridge Builders Foundation, that's right up my alley right there. Definitely going to be in contact with them cats. But uh, breaking news. I was just telling Miles, man, I, I heard this gentleman's name on the news last night. That gentleman that plowed into the parade in the state of Wisconsin over the weekend. They said his name was Daryl Brooks, and I said, ah, black dude. I was hoping and praying. Are you guys like me? When you hear news reports and somebody got hurt or someone hurt someone, a shooting or whatever, you go, don't be black, don't be black, don't be black, don't be black. Especially in the state of Wisconsin right now, don't be. He's a black dude. Yeah. It says uh, at least five people were killed and at least 48 more were injured when an SUV plowed into a Christmas parade on Sunday. In Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, at least two children were among the injured. Police identified the suspect Monday and said that he was involved in a domestic disturbance just prior to driving his SUV through the parade. And he got a picture of this cat. And it's like, oh, man. What's the name of the city? <laughs> I know where you're going. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I generally did not know the name of the city. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's Waukesha, I think. Oh, man. Okay. I'm not going to make jokes on this right now because it's just a tragic incident. But I'm going to tie it into what we were discussing last week because I've been telling you guys, the white supremacist groups out there, they're just stacking their chips right now. Stacking their chips. And we're just giving them more and more chips. They're like, see this? Hmm? You see? That's why Kyle Rittenhouse is the man. That's why. That's why we got to, like, stand up for ourselves. Do you see what they do? When we do something, they come and they kill more of us. I'm telling you the narratives that are taking place all over this country right now. They're going to tie this incident. It happened in the state of Wisconsin, dude. They're I don't gonna- think we're going to – I don't think BLM and, you know, we're going to put together a $3 million bond for the man, though. No, we're not. I, I think it's complete. I think – I hope that they realize that it's different. But if not, oh, well, we can't worry about it. You're whatever. giving them – credit or credence assuming that they're going to always take the high road and and make an intelligent choice i'm saying is we can't worry about whether they're going to or not i think we absolutely have to worry about what they're are you no we can't turn a blind eye ever king we can't we gotta so we supposed to focus on everything at the same time and overload ourselves i think you can walk and chew gum at the same time i think you do both i think can you walk chew gum tie your shoe and juggle at the same time we got to we got it worse than everybody else in this country, man. We we have to. Our ancestors did. We cannot just focus on one thing and say we're going to focus on that because that's when they're going to catch us with our... Well, I'm not saying one thing, but I'm saying we can't focus on everything. We can't be everybody's... Our focus can't be every single place all the time. I think when a man like this, who is national headlines, every single major site right now, he's at the top of the page, something like that, yeah, we got to focus on what the repercussions might be from that. We have to. While we do, all right, all right, all right, we, do we have to? And I'm with you. It sucks that we have to. We shouldn't have to. When do we get to just live our lives and be just regular African Americans? I get. I'm totally with you on that. But that's when they catch us dipping. Personally, I, I'm gonna choose my battles and not really. I can't dip too deep into this one right now. 
Okay. I get what you're saying, though. Are you concerned? And th- th- we're just, we're playing hypotheticals right now. Juneteenth is coming. Which I heard that Juneteenth is canceled in Lamar Park. Is that true? Somebody hit me up and let me know. I, I read that. Is it because of the construction? I heard it's canceled in Lamar Park this year. Who said that? I, it was all over social media this weekend. Somebody called me and confirmed that it's canceled or it's going to have to be moved or something. I don't know. There is a lot of construction happening around there, as we, as we well know, since I got to park in freaking Riverside every single time I come to the radio station. That being said. Right behind my car. Yeah, I am today. I, first time parking behind you, actually. That didn't come out right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, I heard it was canceled. We'll see. But what is stopping the next knuckle-dragging Jethro from finding a Juneteenth event and trying to harm us there with some car or something? Huh? How do you know? Huh? We just need to remain diligent, man, is what I'm saying. We cannot just assume that they won't do to us what they think that we are doing to them. That's when we get screwed over. Yeah, we can't live in... Fear of the hypothetical, though. I didn't say cancel the event. I'm saying be prepared just in case something like that might go down. Make sure there's necessary barriers. Make sure that there's necessary security. Because, dude, we're going through a racial reckoning right now. We can't just act as though we're all happy-go-lucky. All is good. All it takes is one Jethro. That's it. That's it. This dude, this is one cat in Wisconsin. Kill five people, injured 22 others. Two of them kids. That's one cat. And I'm telling you, white supremacist groups all over this country right now going, okay, our turn. Just stay diligent, vigilant. Keep your eyeballs open. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying be all, be all uh, just uh, on offense. I wouldn't ask for you to be on offense. Violence is never the answer. But you know what? Defense is always the answer. Be cognizant of where you take your kids. Be where, make sure you understand where you are. Always know your surroundings. And Miles is right. It sucks that we always got to think that way as African Americans. But you know what? Hate crimes are up in the state of California. Look it up. So it's like we got to always make sure our eyes are open. Keep your head on the swivel at all times. I do that with my kids. I want my kids. Man, I'll be looking around. You go to a, when you go to a movie theater, do you pay attention who walks in the room? Asking me? Yeah. You go to the movie theater. Do you pay attention to who files into the movie theater? For the most part, yeah. If a tall white cat walks in the movie theater with a trench coat on, you pay attention? I, mean, I, I get your point. Yeah, you got to be diligent and, you know, have your eyes open, have your head in a swivel. I get you there, but I'm saying we can't. I give, man. You got it. <laughs> I'm, just, dude, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure that we keep our eyes open. Because the minute we go, ooh, Black Lives Matter is gaining some traction. We African-Americans have made so much progress since the 1950s and 60s. Look at us. Black people are finally excelling in this country. I go, you know what? All that may be true. But I'm also not going to just say, okay, we've, we have overcome. I'm not that cat. I'm going to serve as a constant reminder to the African-American community on what is possible. That's all I'm doing. Is it paranoia? I don't think so. It, that's the word. You yes, think we it's can't be paranoia? paranoid? I'm not saying it's paranoia. I'm saying we can't be paranoid. And by letting your focus shift to all the possibilities sets you up for paranoia. And we are people that suffer from a lot of unresolved 
trauma and mental illnesses. So we do. And again, it's unfair. I'm with you, King. It's unfair. We got PTSD already. And now you're going to give me some paranoia mixed in? We just got a big old pot. But you know what? We African-Americans, we deal with more than anybody else in this world, man. Forget country. World. So all I'm trying to do all the time on this broadcast is to remind everybody what is possible. Especially when tragedies like this happen. Kenosha just happened. And now we got this cat. Another city with a name. <laughs> that is weird, right? <laughs> We're talking about one of the whitest states in the union has some of the blackest city names in the entire country. Well, I think they at least let me know the Native American name, so. That's true. That's true. We're cool? Is Lisa good? Is she okay? She's been in there 15,000 times. Lord have mercy. Okay, we get it. We did a good job with bridge builders. Thank you. Those cats, that's my, that's my steez right there. Them cats, that's my wheelhouse, you know? I got to talk to them for two hours. Maybe in the future. You never know. When we come forward, I will try to dig back into the 7 Series. <laughs> Miles and I got off on a rant there. I apologize, but I think it's an important discussion, though. I really do. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Facts that may give you pause about the death penalty on the other side on Middays with Danny Morrison. Y'all stay there. Nobody's perfect, but everybody's important. Don't change the dial. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580. History is now, and you are part of it. Thank you for spending your days with KBLA Talk 1580. Let's jump back into the conversation. We've got a lot to talk about. We are live. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Seven series right now. Seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. We are up to number three. It's a racist judicial system. This is an easy one, right? Huh? An obvious one, too. There are three times the percentage of black people on death row than white people. And you can't get seated in a death penalty case if you oppose the death penalty. They're going to kick you up out of there. And the majority of African Americans oppose the death penalty. So how can we ever get a fair trial if we are never a part of the jury pool for our own people? And that's the third fact that may give you pause about the death penalty. Here's number four. More racism against African-Americans in the judicial system, regardless of our beliefs. Check this out. I pulled this last night from Vox.com. Quote, when North Carolina passed its Racial Justice Act, researchers were asked to conduct a review of the racial compositions of the juries that had sent North Carolina's death row inmates to die and who'd been left off of those juries. They found that over the 20-year period, Prosecutors were more than twice as likely to strike qualified candidates who were black and that the disparity persisted, quote, statewide by judicial division by prosecutorial district, end quote. The factors also often uh, used to explain the dismissal of black potential jurors, reservations about the death penalty, economic hardships, past run-ins with the law had no significant effect on the strike rate disparity. That is, when these factors were accounted for and held constant, a black potential juror was still more than twice as likely to be struck. The researchers also found that more than 40% of the inmates on death row had been sentenced by juries that were either all white or included only one person of color, end quote. In other words, they are afraid that we will show empathy towards people who look just like us. Even though we always should. 
but they always believe that we can't be unbiased or impartial, like ever, treating us like second-class citizens again. And that's the fourth fact that may give you pause about the death penalty. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Here's number five, by the way. Executions are extremely expensive. I didn't know this until last night. Real talk. Here's a shocking stat for you to observe, right? It costs more to kill an inmate than to imprison them for life. <laughs> yeah, right? Check this out. According to The Independent, a 2017 study that found that the average death row inmate costs prison systems more than a million dollars more than their peers in the general population. Before California paused executions in 2019, the state spent more than $180 million extra dollars each year on the death penalty. The costs pile up because death penalty cases are long, requiring years worth of costly legal battles, as well as costs of maintaining death row inmates for decades inside prisons. Death penalty cases last 22 years on average. Yeah, 22. And that's the fifth fact that may give you pause about the death penalty. Let's go to the phones real fast. Roger, Rogier. <laughs> Pull for me, I see, wee oui, wee. Oui. Give me your height, your color, and your hood, King. My height is 5'9", my color is Cedar Brown. Cedar Brown. Where you calling from? Brown. I'm calling from Temecula. Temecula, checking in. Drop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me. What's on? I'm up against it here, but tell me hey, what's on your mind. I, I, I know, man. I, I want to affirm your thought about, you know, uh, being vigilant. You know, it's not a question of paranoia because I, we're experiencing some situations out here in Temecula, especially the high schools, you know. Uh, also, I think I called in a while back on this this uh, sheriff, you know, the, ch the chief out here, Chad uh, Bianco, man, and he's part of that Oak Tree uh, group, you know. So yeah. it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's there, brother. So don't let Miles, you know, deter your thought. You know, he's not on the grounds. He's just in the booth right now. <laughs> so. Well, let me, I got to defend my dude. Yeah. Miles, is, Miles is one of the most socially conscious cats I've ever come in contact with, especially being only 27 years old. I'm shocked he's as socially conscious as he is. That being said, I do think his generation, they, I want to make sure I use the right, I want to use the right word with it. They, they aren't, well, they haven't gone through the struggle like we have. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to see life through a different lens, and they just don't buy into all the paranoia we may have because we've seen it, we've breathed it, we've tasted it. That's all it is. I think. Danny, Danny, I, I get teenage boys, seventeen and eighteen, you know, and 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 twenty, and they're they're feeling it. They're feeling it, man. So you know, he may be young, but I don't think he's that broadly uh, uh, aware. Okay, okay. I still got to defend my dude. I appreciate the phone call. All right, kid. All right, peace. Miles, you don't let him throw you under the bus like that? He said, you don't know what you're talking about, is basically what he said. I mean, I, I talked to Roger before <laughs> he got on the line. Like, me and Roger got to understand it. So, I, like I said, teach his own. I mean, we all are brothers in this fight, so... You know, still be my man arm in arm when we uh when we at Lamar Park looking out for one another. It's all love. I love it. See that? That's how we should solve conflict in the black community right there in real time. Y'all saw it? Midday's Danny Morris at KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Stay there. Midday's with Danny Morris. It continues when we come forward. 
To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with Geico, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This Geico sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your Geico team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. Geico. Great service. Without all the leave.com. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Be heard. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Let's finish up the seven series talking death penalty today. Seven facts that may give you pause about the death penalty. Here's number six, all right? Uh, executions are political. You probably knew that already, though, right? Did you know that Tupac Fiasco... Donald Trump, that artificial president we had for four years, ordered 13 people executed during the pandemic. That was a 120-year record. Yeah. Why? He thought it would make his spineless self look tough. But, see, I understand. Because a man that dies the draft, military draft, five times with empty educational excuses, which we know was a lie because he's the smartest a bag of rocks and a made-up bone spur injury, a man that hid like a coward in the underground White House bunker while the Black Lives Matter protests raged on outside. He needed all the reinforcements he could to look tough. But therein lies the problem, though. Politicians like to use these executions for political gain. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt played us all to perfection. I gotta give him credit. Black people are giving him praise for halting the execution. White people are giving him praise for not buckling on a full release. He wins on both sides. Played us like a flute. We have to stop allowing these politicians to use our kings as pawns in a political game. And that's the sixth fact that may give you pause about the death penalty. What is number seven? Muy importante. We are evolving as a country. Support for the death penalty is in decline. As a matter of fact, it's been in decline since the 1990s, slowly. As it stands now, 60% of the country are open to finding alternatives to the death penalty. It's a start. And more and more people are starting to question it, for good reason. I'm just not sure that a country that calls itself one nation under God would want to act like God and terminate his creations. Regardless of what they've done. But that's just me. Uh, that's it, Miles. Great show today. Even though you and Roger got into it, it was a great show. Roger don't want it with me. Roger don't want to see you? Is that what you... You'll knock Roger out all the way in Temecula? Wouldn't knock Roger out, but I... Man... <laughs> Hit him in the head with a wine bottle? Is that what you go, Is that what you just said on the mic? Look, I'm from North Vegas, Roger. <laughs> you feel me? No, I'm kidding. Shout out to Roger, man. Shout out to everybody that called, man. What a great, uh... Great, great show we had, uh -huh. man. Oh, look at that. Everybody gets to call it a day. Can I get some applause? Or can I get just a little... Just a little bit. There you go. Please, tip your waiter on the way out. Please. Make sure you're checking out the entire KBLA lineup, y'all. First things first with Dominique DePrima every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. The Tavis Miley Show from 9 to noon. I'm in after Tavis. Coming up in a few minutes here, the D.L. Hughley afternoon show from 2 to 4. Donna Michi versus everybody with Krista and Kiara, 4 to 7 p.m. Man, that show. <laughs> that show. Those conversations they be having on that show. I dare you to not think and laugh. And just sit back and enjoy the ride. Man, I'm telling you, that Don Amici and Kristen and Chiara, that trio, fire. For real. Let's get intimate with Dr. Jashana Johnson, who, as you guys know, I've learned so much. 
I used to be terrible in love, but you know what? Now I'm the love master. Wow, wow. All thanks to Dr. Deshaun. Check her out tonight. Kind of taught me a few things, man. Real talk. I'm, I'm not just saying it. I know she's part of the KBLA family. People think I'm just trying to be nice. I genuinely listen and I go, I didn't know that. And I thought I knew everything about love because I failed so much in it. <laughs> Real talk. Brian Babylon comes in 9 to midnight. Melina Abdullah, Tyler Boudreaux, Black Lives Matter. This is not a drill. Saturdays from 8 to 10 a.m. Best of the state of the Black Union. All weekend long. And, of course, our new KBLA weekend lineup. You guys have been checking it out. We appreciate all the activity we've seen on socials. And our numbers are fantastic. Why? Because you can get yourself some empowerment in the morning and some entertainment in the afternoon. Live on Saturday. Repeats on Sunday. Y'all loving it. And we love that y'all love it. I'm out the dough. The D.L. Hughley Afternoon Show is up next. Uh, By the way, programming note, I will not be in. None of us will be. On Thursday and Friday, we'll have best of. But we are live today. Tomorrow and Wednesday, leading into Thanksgiving. Good luck. God bless. Go. Keep it on KBLA Talk 1580, y'all. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.